Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Lawson. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? It's the Manchester Odyssey. We're looking at the 25th of September issue, 1982. Uh, on the front cover is uh, a, a picture from last season's FA Cup final, which will have happened about four months previously. And it's Garth Crooks of uh, Spurs and Bob Hazel of QPR uh, having a bit of a tussle on the front page there for some reason. Very memorable uh, cup final it... that. For me, it was yeah. because um, it was I, I was seven, but of course one of my older brothers was a Spurs fan, the other one's a QPR fan, and I oh, think right. they both managed to get tickets and go. Um, but obviously, you know, it was a quite a pretty big event in my house that two of the clubs and my family were facing each other at Wembley yeah. and they both went in separate groups with their mates it was a fucking right. massive deal that um, did that one go to a replay it went to a replay which yeah. which the year before Spurs had gone to a replay as well hadn't they with um, mm. City in a real classic yeah it did yeah I think I remember as well I think they used to have the replays on a Thursday which was weird because you never had football on a Thursday night then yeah Midweek games are always Tuesday, and mostly they Wednesday. They used to not replay them at Wembley, didn't they? Used to yeah, replay they were them at like, Was it always at no, Wembley? Yeah, I think so. For some reason they, I had they, it in my head only, that sometimes they'd replay at a different ground. The only one I can think before that was 1970, which was Chelsea against. Fuck, who was it? And that was played somewhere else. But then I don't think there was a replay until 81. Really? And then there was two in a row. Yeah, 1970 FA Cup final. I should know this. I can't tell you it was in last season. Chelsea and Leeds. Yeah, two uh, oh, two yeah. for the first game, and the, the replay at Old Trafford. Yeah, you're right. It did take place at. Um, it did take but place then, at. Uh, yeah, they fucking played in. They both played in away kits, and yeah. QPR were in red and black. I remember this mm-hmm. vividly because I remember being fucking baffled because there was all this build up. And then the game, the teams walk out, and I'm like, "What the fuck's going on here?" Yeah, where? Because uh, you know, when you're a kid, you get easily confused. You're like, "But one playing blue and white hoops, and the other one playing all white." <laughs> Rab, I'm I so can't confused. Process. I can't cope. I was fucking well was, confused um, by that. But yeah, QPR these were good teams, team. man. Fennec for QPR. QPR got... was second division. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, they were good though. This was a good team. I think they had Clive Allen playing for them. Gary Micklewhite. Bob Hazel. Tony Curry played for QBR. Oh, yeah. On the way down. John Gregory. And Tony Venables was the manager. John Gregory. All those years before my brother accidentally embroiled himself in a fight with him when he became (laughs) QBR's manager. Simon Stainrod, he was the star. Like, my yeah. bro- I remember my brother, that was my brother's player. He like, fucking loved Simon <clears throat> Stainrod. They thought he was a legend over QPR in this era. 
And then Clive Allen as well. Gary Waddock. Peter Hacker. He was a good keeper. So, Roder. Clive Allen there. 82, mm. Clive Allen was playing his trade in the second division, yet a couple of years beforehand, he'd, been, he'd gone to Crystal Palace. He was a record uh, fee, wasn't he? he? Was, yeah, he was big time, wasn't he? That, that, again, that's an example of how the gap between first and second division was nowhere near as big as it is now. Nah. The fact you'd have Clive Allen not thinking twice about playing in the second division for a season mm. when he was well, a, West, a record signing a couple of years West, before. West Ham had just got promoted the, yeah. the year before and they had Trevor Brookin, Alan yeah, Devonshire, exactly. Billy Bonds. Like, you know, all, all like big West Ham legends mm. in the team. None of them had thought about leaving. And in fact, we'd signed, like, we signed Goddard and Parks from QPR for mm. big money. They didn't care coming to us. They yeah, both you'd England won the FA Cup well, you? would won the FA Cup in the second division. Yeah. Yeah, it used to happen. It did. Right. Okay. So that's the front cover. 82 FA Cup final. Here's a, here's a picture of a match you probably saw on the television four months ago. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> there you go, have that. We it, got that on the cheap. Uh, I hope it inspires you to pick up this issue and buy it. Well, we, we get, we get those pictures cheap. Is, if you wait till two months after the game has taken place, the price of the pictures falls substantially, and that's when we yeah. swoop. <laughs> yeah. we, we swoop in. Just before. Yeah. It's, still, it's still the most recent cop final you can get, but it's heavily reduced <laughs> price. So there's a sweet spot. And what's noticeable as well is they're both black players, which would be probably an unusual thing to have on the front cover. Oh, absolutely. Back then. Because I remember these, the NME, um, they used to talk about how if the NME put someone like Public Enemy on the front cover, sales would drop drastically. Mm. Because NME readers were racist? Probably. Possibly. Don't know. But if they'd had, I don't know, Echo and the Bunnymen on the front cover, sales would go through the roof. So it's kind Didn't of a the, bold... the, the enemy got there wasn't there something famous at the enemy called like the hip hop wars or the rap wars where there yeah. was an editorial yeah. split when Danny Kelly was the and Danny editor. Kelly took over yeah and he Danny he Kelly started, was bang up for having yeah. loads of hip hop in the paper. he wanted yeah. to put Public Enemy and all these other bands mm. in it and then there was the sort of old guards who were very white indie music. And they were like, yeah. that's not what the enemies of the new musical express is supposed to be about. Americans talking <laughs> yeah. over music. It's supposed to be about young white men in raincoats looking miserable. <laughs> Singing about lost love and unrequited love <laughs> under a rainy bridge in the north. Um, <laughs> Pathetic. Yeah. But it was so, the same, uh, yeah, you so know, when, when, a... I, when I started on men's health in fucking mm-hmm. two, 1997, there was a decision made to put uh, you know, it's the same fucking cover every month. It was some Muscle Mary showing off his six-pack. Yeah. And they decided to put a model, it's quite a famous model, black black American model called Tyson on the cover. And it was a big deal. And it was covered right. in like, you know, the media guardian wrote a thing about it because yeah. it was received wisdom that your sales would drop in any sector. And I think they did drop for whatever reason, yeah. right? And I, but I think the editor would have known that, but wanted to do it right. Mm. But to be honest, that continued that fear in the publishing industry until very, very, very recently. Like if mm. you look at, I don't buy magazines anymore because what's the point? But I still have a habit. <laughs> of, 
Uh, you know, I subscribe to Viz, but I like, you know, I still have the habit from many years of being a magazine addict like you. You know, mm-hmm. I look at, well, even if I'm just in Sainsbury's, I find myself looking at all of the covers, even mm-hmm. on like, you know, like fucking anything, good housekeeping or whatever. I take the temperature of society and the of publishing the industry. industry. <laughs> I cast it away across the covers. And I've noticed that, you know, only in, in very recent years, and I'm in just the last couple, mm-hmm. you see a lot more BAME people on the covers. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot more, um, and on women's magazines, you see a lot more people of different body sizes and shapes. As opposed You're talking to- about fat people, aren't you, Sam? Yes. <laughs> I didn't want to say the word because I couldn't remember if it was allowed or not. (laughs) And I was scared of being (laughs) cancelled. I can't be cancelled again. We can reclaim fat, it's okay. Um, No, but sometimes Um, they have disabled people, uh, uh, people who aren't able-bodied and all that. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, they do it because people say... disabilities aren't visible, though. Yeah. Oh, there, they put balmy people on the cover and all now. <laughs> I put all sorts of balmy bastards on the cover. That they cancels the lot. <laughs> I think it's because, I don't, they, I think it's because, like, people, yeah, when you work in magazines, people seem to think that you have, that you're actually some sort of politician or social worker who is there yeah. to do anything other than fucking sell <clears> magazines. <throat> Which exactly you can tell yourself that you're not, but ultimately, in the final analysis, you are there yeah. being paid by some cunts who could not give a shit about the cultural fucking fabric of the country. They yeah. are business people, it's, right? It, exactly, and it's the same when people go on and on about newspapers. Go, oh, the newspapers have said this. The newspapers are doing that. The newspapers don't represent the truth. Fucking newspapers are just there to sell newspapers. They're businesses. That's it. And it. anything other than the BBC, any any mainstream media organisation is there to sell advertising. And that's yeah. it. And that's so, it. And that's the only reason it exists. The way everything oh. in the media works is that people, you think it's a creative, these are creative industries. And creative people do work in the media, but they are not mm. creative industries. They are basically business people who have Big no, shops. no interest in fucking creativity whatsoever. They see an opportunity. Yeah. It's like, if we can create a space that enough people are looking at that it's worth money to advertisers who are trying to flog stuff, we will do it, right? Mm. So no one ever comes up with a fucking magazine idea in a big organisation like this one, IPC Magazine, who published Roy the Rovers. No one ever says, I've come up with an idea that I think will make a wonderful contribution to the cultural atmosphere of our country. Basically a suit, some fucking shit for brains who works in the advertising department, right? Who's basically David Brent. There's a fucking million David Mm. Brents all sat there. And they go, oh, we've had a lot of people saying that they're trying to sell. We've had four different car manufacturers and three different fucking aftershave blokes all on the phone (laughs) saying that they're trying to appeal to ABC1 men who like cars and aftershave, right? (laughs) And so they go, right, so if you could make a magazine that is about cars and aftershave, we could probably flog some ads in that. So then the other boss goes, right, we'll get some fucking daft cunts, some writers and designers together who think that they're actually contributing something and we'll just trick them into making a car. Yeah, we'll trick them into making a fucking car and aftershave magazine 
which they think has got some meaning to it, but in fact, it's just there for us to hang these fucking dumb adverts on. Yeah. That's how it works, and that's why you've got to support the BBC, because exactly. that's the only thing which exists just for the sake of fucking communicating. It exists for shits and giggles. Yeah, it's just... It? <laughs> yeah. Listen, right, I'm Director General of the BBC, and I'm here to tell you we are the only cons in town who are here for the shits and giggles. Every other con is trying to scam you out of a few quid. We're here for the fucking good times. We've got a new slogan, we're going big with it. The BBC... Here for the shits and giggles. <laughs> Get it fucking printed up. And we're getting that fucking Welsh cunt who read, reads the news to be the face of it. I'm making him wear a T-shirt with it on every night at 10 o'clock. <laughs> he, he's not happy about it, but I've said to him, hey, who's paying your wages? Stick the T-shirt yeah. on, cunt. I mean, talking about magazines and stuff and not reading them anymore, I still do, but I read them on... I'm going to big it up again. I've done it before, the Readly app. Mm-hmm. Which is like seven ninety nine a month, and pretty much all the magazines are on there. It's like Spotify of magazines. Wow! And read them. I read them on my tablet when I'm sitting down I'm in just my going to take a look at what the chair. new statesman make of the local election results. <laughs> yeah, new statesman's there. Viz is there. All the the music bags four four two. I see GQ have done a new article about the latest trends in cufflinks. GQ's there. I was reading Towpath magazine about canal boats the other day. Well, that's just because it's the sort of magazine I can get behind. I had a, a bit of a look through that, and they're all there, seven ninety nine a month. It seems as though it's ridiculous and can only spell the death knell of magazines in hard copy form. Yeah, and I feel a bit wrong from reading it. It doesn't seem right, but uh, well, there, they've so. just been driven to it. I mean, people well, yeah. say people say ah. Oh, you know, oh, it's unfair, it's exploitative, but the magazines don't exist. No one's fucking, no one is buying magazines off the fucking newsstand, so they've had to find yeah. some other way. It's either shut down or do that. <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, as well, if you're doing it like that, if, if the end of only being digital, then you haven't got print, you haven't got distribution, you haven't yeah. got all them costs, so the costs come you down. Don't have to, your margins don't have to be as high on it. So, yeah, Readly, great app. Have a look at it. Um, I think you get the first month free as well. Mm. Um, so, but I was going to say, I think this is quite um, quite a bold direction. Roy the Rovers is going in, yeah. Because that would be that would be a, they don't just pick this picture out and deliberately put two black footballers on the front by coincidence nah. or not knowing what they were doing. And they've got that new story in about the space invader kid, and he's black. Mm. And they've also got the kid in the wheelchair. So for 1982. There was some deal. fucking progressive stuff well, yeah, going what on I was there, wasn't there? Was in 1997, 15 years later, yeah. it was still a big deal. And I would argue yeah. that as recently as 2018, <clears throat> this would have been a big deal. Now, yeah. and, and what I was going to say is because magazines are in such crisis and print media is in such crisis, I actually cynically, part of me thinks that the only reason they take these gaps, what, what would be regarded as commercial gambles now, Mm. on the covers of these magazines is because they've got less to lose because you know when yeah. I was working in magazines like your choice of cover could make the difference from one week to the next of a hundred thousand yeah. sales I mean that's how much yeah. it could fluctuate and that has a big impact on the amount of money the magazine's making so you are very much discouraged from taking any chances at all yeah right and something and, and, and so people yeah. ne- but I think now they're sort of like 
Do you know what I mean? We don't. Well, actually, it's more important for our brand to be associated with good ethics and good contributions mm. to society, which is a good thing. But I'm cynical, and I think, yeah, they've just stopped. If it, if it was, if, if people were still buying magazines, they'd be like playing it a lot more safe. But yeah. what you're saying is, in 1982, it, it's incredible that they did that. Mm. Yeah. So fair play to the lads. Well done, well done, Barry and the lads. Mm. Um. So we're getting the Roy the Rover story because that's why we're here. Uh, and at the beginning of this week, it says uh, minus three of their best players through injury, mighty Melchester Rovers had slumped to an astonishing four-one defeat in the match, which marked their in inverted commas triumphant return to the first division. Laying on the sarcasm there in his own story uh, in the dressing room after the game Roy confronted his abject players look at them fucking Nat Gosden on the far left has gone into a trance <laughs> <laughs> he's falling he's, asleep he's gone into a self-imposed coma oh I can't handle this Jesus who's that cunt on the far right with the white hair who's that I can't even see him can you see him top right top right hand corner some oh, yeah. fella standing there with white hair fuck those just some geezer who's wandered in. He's like the fella in the young ones who appears in every episode that's like a little uh, Easter egg. The, the oh, fella really? with long hair who you never see his face. And he's in every episode briefly. The first series, I think. He's like him. Just stick him in. One for the purists, that. They're going to make him have grey hair like Charlie Carter for a laugh. Yeah. They'll think twice. They'll Nat Gosden has basically fallen asleep amidst a really, really dramatic and angry post-match, post-mortem. <laughs> I, I have got a mate who did that when I was working with him <laughs> on a magazine and I was the boss that I fucking turned round and I'd been ranting to him, at him, but with my back to him because he sat on the desk behind me. And when right. I turned round, he was sat at his desk with his eyes closed, just gently sleeping. <laughs> and I went, Oi, are you fucking sleeping? And he still didn't wake up, and I had to grab his shoulder and shake him. And he woke up and said, "Are you fucking sleeping, you cunt?" And he went, "Oh, sorry, I nodded off." <laughs> and he wasn't doing it as a wind-up. I mean, it'd be a great power play if he'd done it on purpose. But it was genuine. He'd fallen asleep. Um, okay. I took my. Some people could do that in crisis situations, though, can't they? they my, just shut down. My niece was telling me the other day that when she um, looked after Len for me when he was a toddler, she said once she was walking along the street with him holding hands and she she was asking him something and he wasn't responding so she looked and she claims he was asleep whilst walking you know like our toddlers just fall asleep yeah, yeah. and she she reckoned that he continued to walk like his body knew that he was walking <laughs> but his brain had just shut off and he was completely asleep wow which is amazing That's brilliant jalapeño millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jalapeño. And another one, my nephew Fred, when he was 18, me and my good wife decided to take him to the pub for his first legal pint, right? Mm -hmm. 
and I was giving it the old uncle sort of yeah, oh, you're a man now, so we'll go out for pints. Yeah, you better get your drinking boots on. Coming out of me, son. <laughs> right, so I took him down the local, and uh, I remember we'd like someone was looking after the kids, and I was like, I'm going to get him hammered. It's when I was still drinking, and we got him a pint of cider, and the, the idea was we would do a bit of a pub crawl around the area. Yeah, so yeah. this is just the start. This is just to like yeah. get you warmed up, son. Right? Yeah. So obviously he's 18. He's ordered I'll a pint of... We've had something to eat. He's a, Don't want to do this on an empty stomach. He's ordered one pint of cider. Got it for him. He's drunk it quite slowly. Then I said another one. He went, oh, yeah, okay. Got him a second one. We're halfway through, and I'm already thinking this isn't going that well, because we were about practice because we had young kids, so we hadn't, you know, been out on a bender for a while. Mm. And I just felt the banter wasn't flowing. The excitement wasn't quite what I'd hoped it to be. Me and Anna were feeling quite tired. I find myself chatting to Anna for a little bit. Turn to him, asking him a question. He's halfway through his second pint of cider. It's about 8.30pm. The cunt's asleep in the pub. <laughs> he was sat at the table with half a pint of fucking cider in front of him. Jesus just sleeping. Christ. That's one of the worst pub crimes out of sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Quite right. When you see someone get thrown out for sleeping, quite right. Do you get thrown out for sleeping? Oh, I've seen people be thrown out for being asleep in a pub. Yeah, really. Yeah, because you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not pubbing properly. No, you meant to be true. conscious. This is for pubbing, not sleeping. You're not pubbing if you're a kip. You can't Do be drinking pubs, when you're fucking sleeping. The pubs have signs on the wall sometimes saying no sleeping. No sleeping. <laughs> they just have like a sign, a red circle with someone asleep on a bed. <laughs> yeah, across yeah, through a... it. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I should crack on with this, I reckon. Mm. <clears throat> um, so yeah, the inquest there, and Roy said, "Right, you lot, heads up, you, you too, Gosden. Uh, that was a bad beating, I know, but your uncle Roy is going to make sure that it doesn't happen again." Ooh. What the fuck's this, Uncle Roy? What kind it's of mind games you playing with the cunt here? Jesus Christ! I thought, I, I thought you were my uncle Roy. I didn't realise you were everyone's <laughs> uncle Roy. Special uncle. I thought that was something we just said between ourselves when we were out together. Well, it's not anymore. Now I'm everyone's yeah. uncle from now on. It's a crisis. Crisis situation. Right. Henceforth, right. you shall all fucking refer to me as uncle. <laughs> and then uh, Roy leaves the dressing room shortly afterwards. He's, he's fully dressed again. He's got his uh, tan leather jacket on there and his tie underneath. Looking good. Looking very good. Uh, it says Sam Barlow the club chairman was waiting for Roy outside the changing rooms Sam Barlow's there you must have given them a proper roasting Roy I expect you've given them extra training of course <laughs> and, uh, Roy's thinking what the fucking hell's it got to do with you cunt yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you running here. a team is your name on the fucking manager's door no it's fucking not you just focus on signing the fucking cheques and shagging that secretary of yours. Don't think I haven't heard about that, you filthy bastard. And your missus will be hearing about it as well if you don't fucking wind your neck in pronto. Fucking pipe down. He says, eh, not exactly, Sam. He says, I told them to stay away from the stadium till midweek. I should think the last thing they need now is extra training. And Sam Barlow's head spins. And you can, it's got that spinning motion behind his head there. What? A double take. What? And then there's a close-up of his big, fat fucking... Butcher's face. 
Roy, you don't <laughs> seem to realise how serious this is. I think it's time we held an emergency meeting of the full board of directors. Oh, oh fuck fucking hell, they've only lost one fucking game. Jesus Christ. Fucking hell, here we go. <laughs> and that's, that's it. That night, it says, and there we go, high up in the uh, in the main stand at Melchester, the lights on in, in the boardroom, and we, we see the speech bubbles coming from it. Okay, right, we'll start with a fitness report on the injured players. It's not good, I'm afraid. Charlie and Mervyn will be out for several weeks and Vernon Elliott's torn muscle is not responding to treatment. Next fucking question. (laughs) (laughs) It's incredibly bad. (laughs) (laughs) I should say that anything that is said in this room, I will subsequently ignore. Proceed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh. by the way, before you go on, I've got something to add. And this is actually what he says. In the opinion of the club physiotherapist, he may never play again. Play again. (laughs) Sorry, did I forget to mention that previously? You might want to write that down, cunts, because it is quite significant. (laughs) (laughs) Write that down on your fucking notepads. And one of them says, great Scott. Uh, the Sam Barlow says that settles it we've got to go into the transfer market and who are these cuts anyway well, the other yeah. one goes here here it's just the look of Freemasons isn't it and uh, wow fucking hell Barlow then says if necessary we can place over two million pounds at your disposal Roy <laughs> wow yeah, where no. was this in the summer are Fuck you me. fucking sure where was, hang on a minute where was this when I needed it Two weeks before the start of the season. Two million, eh? That's very generous, Sam. Interesting. Over the very fucking interesting. Roy sinking to himself. Two million yeah. quid. Yeah, now. Well, I can how use can two I get the lion's share of that into old Uncle Roy's <laughs> fucking Abbey National account? The secret how one that I Penn get, don't know about. How can I get the minimum amount of that actually laid out on players? Now, I let's think. Fucking, I opened a Young Savers account at Abbey National <laughs> in the name of our fucking kid, you know, Mongo. Um, and I make out it's his savings, but I, let's just say I use it for some funneling that I do. And I'm, I'm fucking actually... thinking, hey, that two million quid's going to end up in fucking Master Mongo Races fucking Abbey National account if I've got anything to do about it. I've actually got 27 Young Savers accounts. What you do is this, right? You go around the cemetery and you look for the graveyards of people who died when they were kids and you just write their names down. And then you go up the Abbey, right? You can probably do it at Halifax or TSB if you want. I, I do it up the Abbey because they don't ask me questions. Plus, they've got Security's some Security's very cl- lax in there, let's they got just sec- say that. They've got lax security. The guy who does do security is a Melchester fan, so I sort him out tickets a couple of times a season, right? And he doesn't ask any he questions. Has, there's a drink in it for him. He's quite happy. <laughs> and there is some fucking quality fanny they got uh, working behind the counters there as well, which is one of which is a fucking incentive as well. So I go up there, open a number of accounts. Some I used to do it. I'd space them out. Now I just fucking go in and I go, right, I'd like to open 18 fucking Young Savers accounts, please, in the following names. And I read them off a list. I've come straight from the graveyard. They could not give a fuck. They couldn't give a fuck. I flash them a smile. I tell them a few of my showbiz stories. Yeah, yeah, I know Parker. Yeah, he's a cunt. What else do you want to know? 
Yes, yes, my son is called Isambard. What of it? <laughs> yes, it's an old-fashioned name, but it's coming back into fashion again. Just fucking get it open. <clears throat> no, I don't want God. all the paraphernalia. What's all this you're giving me? What, they get a little toy and a fucking cat? I don't need all of that. Keep it. I just I just got a flashback there, uh, which something which, which online banking is, is done for, which is extremely attractive bank cashiers. Yeah. <laughs> Remember them? Yeah, but if you were going with some financial problems, yeah, you'd be. Uh, I'd feel more pressurised if it was a sexy, yeah, like yeah, bank, yeah, bank yeah, teller, yeah. yeah, in their uniforms. I've uh, found myself in a, a small amount of financial embarrassment, love. Uh, it's short term. <laughs> uh, you can trust me on that. I'm finding myself very distracted by your starched white blouse, I have to say. Uh, do you get? Do you have to <laughs> buy that? You, do you get that shirt and charge it back to the bank? Do the bank provide the shirt? Or are you obliged to buy that shirt out of your own pay packet? Do you have to, do you have to wash it yourself? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fabric is that? It looks, it looks at least 60% man-made. But people are snooty about that, but not me, because I think it keeps the creases out. It certainly suits you. <laughs> you haven't got time to buy it every morning, have you? Of course you haven't. You're a busy girl. You've probably got a fella, have you? you? Oh, no, you haven't. Oh, well, that seems strange. A lovely girl like you. Too busy, are you? To hold down her properly. More into a, what is it, one-night stand kind of a girl. Short no shame in experiences. That. Probably suits you to... Uh, date men who are married because there's less strings isn't there it's less complications he's not going to ring up and want more from you more that you are prepared to emotionally give to him just just more animal instinct sort of thing that's what <laughs> you get from a married man on, on the back seat of his car yeah <laughs> on a Wednesday night full when he says he's out playing squash <laughs> anyway uh, Roy the Rovers yeah sorry we got distracted there again uh, yeah, Roy, he's offered him two million, and Roy says two million. Hey, it's very generous, Sam, but I don't need it. <laughs> hey, now just a minute, <laughs> <laughs> you mad cunt! <laughs> he says, "Are you trying to get us relegated again? Is it the parachute payments?" <clears throat> Roy says, uh, "Everyone knows we're a rich club. We'd be asked ridiculous fees for players who just aren't worth the money. So my theory is, we just don't buy any fucker." Fuck that. So. Sam says, well, then where are you going to find the players to replace Carter, Wallace and Elliot? Right here, in Melchester. If I can't produce the required talent from the three senior and youth teams that we run, I'll hand in my resignation. Fucking hell, big <laughs> talk. power played the cunts, didn't I? Turn the fucking money yep. down. That'll keep. That'll keep for another time when I really need it. Yeah, the thing is about um, Roy is... He is effectively running a cult at Melchester. Cult and it's a criminal organisation. It's, it's the cult of Roy. And what he yeah. requires is unswerving loyalty, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. over players, and he needs uh, total control over everything. So what he's got is a set of players who he has cultivated that in. He's handpicked yeah. them and he has cultivated them, some of them from a very young age. Yeah, right? brainwashed. And he's brainwashed them. So he's like, if you bring in outsiders, it's the last thing I need. Because it's like, more outsiders mean more headaches, more questions. Yeah, yeah. Don't need that. I like the group of players that I fucking know. They know me. They'd do anything for me. 
and they don't yeah. ask questions. It's it's like the Jesuits, isn't it, where they say, "Give me a boy to the age of seven, and I will give you the man." Give me a and boy just... to the age of seven. <laughs> I'll give you a fucking man. That's what happened with Blackie. I got Don't him straight out questions. of the orphanage. <laughs> I mean, people... Yeah, I me and Blackie are the same age, but I was thinking ahead from an early fucking age. I used to hang around outside the orphanage in order to find recruits who I could control. <laughs> he was my first, and some might say, my greatest experiment. I used to send him nicking for me when we, when we were just six. <laughs> right, crack on. But Roy's first concern was the form of striker Kenny Logan. And the following Wednesday evening, <clears throat> he's uh, got him in the A-team, or the reserves, as they were known. Um, Roy and Blackie, they're watching. Uh, Roy said, it'll do him good to see the ball hit in the back of the net again, Blackie. Perhaps an outing with our A-team is the answer. <clears throat> Blackie says, let's hope so. Rockford are a pretty useful side. <laughs> Fucking shut up, Blackie. I didn't say he could speak. Uh, in the opening minutes, I'll Kenny be Logan back gets to the fucking orphanage for you, Blackie. <laughs> Don't send me back there, right? <laughs> Kenny Logan gets the chance. Uh, uh, it's headed down to him. Uh, that's brilliant running by Logan. He's given himself a great chance. It's a fucking full house again. It's a full house for a fucking A team game. Mad. Uh, Kenny. And there it is. And Kenny uh, drives it wide of the post. He says as he does it. He still can't find his goal-scoring touch. That should have been 1-0. Then, as the ball was placed for the goal kick, uh, one of the, was it, Rockford players makes a run. And he says, now, Jerry, quick ball. Um, Jerry. Says, Hello, young young Lock is up to his tricks again. <laughs> the ball goes straight to this young Lock lad. He's going to take them on. The trouble with that kid is he thinks he's the only player on the park. But it looks like he is because he's taking them all on. He's going around a couple of Melchester players. Great big smile on his face. Oof, says one of them as he goes past. Oh, very pretty. Now use the ball, Andy. <laughs> no chance. He'll keep going until he loses it. Fucking He's cunt. such a prick. <laughs> but uh, don't look like he will, does it? But it says, despite the jeers of the spectators, Roy was beginning to sit up and take notice. And he's thinking, Andy Locke, eh? Now, why haven't my scouts told me about this lad before? Maybe I will be needing so, some of that two million quid yeah, after all. Maybe I'm going to completely contradict that thing I just said to them the other day. Um, about getting that place I need another meeting with reserves. the board. Yeah, lads, listen. You know what I said? I'd hand in my resignation if I couldn't <laughs> find the talent in my squad. Forget all that. Scrub that from the record. I was obviously joking. All our players are shit. But I do need that two million quid if it's still knocking about. All of it. <laughs> Andy no. Locke. Nah, I can probably get him for about 400 grand, but there's certain expenses, agents fees, travel, sustenance, that kind of thing. So you might as well round it up. Um, if, if you can see fit to do so, it would probably be best if you played it into this account for a Mr... For a master Ichabod, Ichabod Crane, <laughs> Ichabod Junior. Crane, who's that? Uh, it's his agent. Yeah, He's got, so, he likes uh, it yeah. all painted. But this is a young savers account. It's a young yeah, savers well, account. <laughs> that's the way you got to do business these days. Oh God! So there we are. And again, Andy Locke, young black player. So another example 
of mm. the uh, progressive forward-thinking editorial at Royal the Rovers. Great stuff. That's that one. Uh, and oh, wow, fucking hell, it says, see a hat-trick in next week's action-packed episode. Wow. We will. We'll see that next week. Mark set a 10 for that. 10. 10? Wow. I give it a 9. Uh, a couple of other things episode. that are in. Good, good chapter of the book, that, of the comic. A couple of other things that are in this one as well. We've got Kevin Keegan uh, twice, and there's a little competition. It says, Kevin Keegan says, your school could win me for a day. And we've got Keegan there in his England shirt, and he's saying, uh, there's a speech bubble, and he says, I'm raising money to help the scientists find a cure for muscular dystrophy. Will you and your school help me? If your teacher agrees, post this coupon to me, and I'll send you a Kevin Keegan school's fundraise pack to help you join in and join... And, and, all about the prize you can win. This sounds very half-arsed. And I'll, I'll visit this winning school for a day. To get, thank you for all your help. Mm-hmm. So he's he's doing something here. It's his first prize. A visit from Kevin Keegan plus a Tandy 16K model 3TRS80 microcomputer. Fuck that looks shit. Uh, second prize. It's got a spilt-in screen as well. Mm. Um, second prize a Ferguson video star video recorder that's better third prize uh, two Steger family roller table tennis tables and Lily White sports equipment oh Lily White's and there's also a picture there of a young lad in a wheelchair there with muscular dystrophy and his little pal is crouching down and having a chat with him and smiling so again there something for the the uh, the disabled the less in fortunate there we've got the wheelchair the less fortunate we've got the 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 underdogs of society we've got the um the wheelchair wonder story and we've got this muscular dystrophy competition as well it's nice to see a Good coupon stuff. isn't it do you miss coupons i do miss coupons yes and sexy bank tellers mm. um do you miss just says, lastly before we go do you also miss paying in books i've got my paying in paying book in here books. i don't i don't miss them they were annoying having to fill them in all the time can't remember the last time I got paid by cheque, but it was fucking infuriating. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's the, it says on the coupon, I'd like to know how to help. Please send me your pack. And you put your name, your class, name of school, address of school, and it says, to teacher, please sign to acknowledge that this request is made with your permission. And the teacher has to sign and put their name. So you've got to get your teacher to fucking vouch for you. There's a lot of fucking admin involved in this, isn't it? They get Kevin Kagan to come round for the day. So uh, there's that as well. And then Kevin Keegan appears on the back page in his England kit in what is called Super Snap. And it says uh, there underneath the picture, this is the start of a weekly page which will bring even further colour action and excitement to Royal the Rovers. What better play to start with than England's popular striker, Kevin Keegan? Here he shows the style and determination which has made him a household name, blah, blah, blah. Here is another colour page which we don't have to fill with any fucking words. Put it on your wall. I don't care. <laughs> so there we put go. Put it on your wall. Put it in your fucking fridge. I couldn't care less. Wait. Put it up your put fucking it. ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's one less page that I have to bother with. And then finally, the other thing. There's a competition for Wizard and Chips comic. Oh, that's a good which comic. I was a regular, regular mm. reader of. Were you a whiz, whiz kid or a chipite? I was a whiz kid. Yeah, it's better, isn't it? No one wants yeah, to be a fucking yeah. chipite. Fuck that. Um, and it's this is great. 
It says, free entry competition, a super sweet treat. This would never happen now. Win a season ticket to a sweet shop. Fucking hell, that <laughs> sounds good, doesn't it? It does, but fucking hell. And the kid no who's advertising this kid's only got it, one fucking tooth he's got in the drawing. One solitary tooth right at the front of his mouth. And he's holding the Toblerone in the air. It says, if you've got a sweet tooth, you'll love this terrific treat. Fucking season ticket in a sweet shop. Yeah, it's me again. Yep, another week's gone by. Where's me free sweets? <laughs> Fucking hell. Different times. And that is it from this one. And we'll be back. Um, with some other bollocks at some other more point. Ne- well, we'll find out what happens with the money next week. So uh, yeah. tune in. Uh, if you are a chipite, go fuck yourself. <laughs> with kids forever. 